0: This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Hair Club. John, hairclub.com/slash ham. It's free. Go sign up. And it's brought to you by Upstart. upstart.com/slash ham. Get a loan, not affect your credit score. Now on to the segment. Okay, let's let's shift. I guess to your boy Mike Mayock and his first draft. I would imagine Cleveland was a senior, right? You would have wanted him at the game, but they played so late that the timing was a little off, but you obviously evaluated them. You know, I think most people around the country and definitely around this area was a little bit taken back when the Raiders have selected Cleland Farrell at number four overall. What were your thoughts?
2: Yeah, it, it definitely caught me off guard. Um, I really like what, what the Raiders did in the draft. I really do. Um, I think that John and Mike talked about bringing in guys that love football and could help change their culture and they stuck to their guns and really did that throughout. So I commend them for that. A lot of times franchises say one thing and don't follow through on draft weekend and do, and do what they're saying. Um, but with Cleveland, I think that, uh, you know, they're getting a good football player. Again, I brought up the term safe earlier with Nick Boats. I think that Cleveland's a safe pick and I, I, that, that shouldn't be taken, you know, with a, with a negative connotation. Again, if they're trying to change a culture, which they feel like they had to, then Cleveland's the right guy to do it. He's going to be a good player for them. I think you know what you're getting. I think he's got some overachiever to him um, in terms of is he a high-end athlete? Like a, you, know, you, you brought up Von Miller and and Chubb, and even in this year's draft, Josh Allen. He's not to those not you know not to that level as a as a high upside athlete. But, he, uh, you know, what he does, he compensates for with his motor and his toughness. He's, he's, you know, really good with his hands. He's stout at the point of attack, and he just plays really hard. I thought that uh, really physically he reminded me of Shaq Lawson, who I think was the 19th pick out of Clemson to Buffalo a couple of years ago or 14th or 19th, somewhere in the teens. And, uh, you know, Shaq hasn't really panned out for Buffalo. Fifth-year option,
0: think, not picked up. No,
2: I think that, yeah. I think the difference between the two guys, I really think athletically body type play style um, at the point of attack is similar, but I just thought Cleveland played exceedingly harder. Um, I think if you, when I, when I did the loss of that issue, I had with him was that he didn't make any chase plays. I mean, from the backside, there just, there wasn't any production where you put on the tape and, and Cleveland plays to the whistle and run stuff down. And um, so I, I, you know, it, it, it opened my eyes a little bit when they made the pick as it did most people, but I do think uh, at the end of the day, the Raiders are getting a good football player and, and a guy that's going to help them change the culture, which they said has been a, you know, been their main focus. The,
0: the next guy they took, Josh Jacobs, a running back. Now, he was a junior. I, I think it was interesting John and I, we always look at the draft when the Patriots and the Seahawks are drafting late, which they o- almost always are, and think like, okay, one of these two picks is getting traded. 2018 they both picked and they both took running backs you guys took rashad Penny in seattle and sony michelle went to the pats at 31 so do you have i don't know if you saw josh much but do you have like personally a hard and fast rule about the value of running backs um in the first round
2: i don't No, i just i just go based off the prospect and for where they got josh i thought he was hands down the best running back in this draft and i have, living down here in Mobile and spending as much time as I have in Tuscaloosa, I've, I've kind of felt that way for a couple of years that, you know, he had a chance to be, a, you know, a damn good back up there. And, and just his running style reminds me a lot of Marshawn when I, you know, I was with Marshawn for a lot of years there in Seattle. And just what he did as a tone setter for our offense, I think Josh brings the same thing. You know, he runs angry. You know, what, what you get out of Alabama sometimes, you get some of that five-star um you know, that former five-star makeup of these guys. And, and you know, Josh was a, a no-star until Alabama started recruiting him, you know, and, and I think he worked his way up to be a two- or a three-star. But he just got the right mentality to to be the kind of back they want. Uh, I think a lot was made of his 40-time coming out, and I, that didn't bother me one bit because one thing he's got is burst, and that's way more important at the running back position. So, you know, he, he seeks out contact. He's going to set the tone, and what he's really good at, he can really catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, I know you guys have, have seen enough tape on this guy, but just watching him run routes down the field and adjust to the balls down the field, not a lot of running backs can do that and uh, catch the ball with his hands and track it. So I think they got a three-down back that, again, doesn't have, you know, he, he didn't have a lot of wear and tear there at Alabama, which which is huge. It's, I just remember, you know, going back to uh, – when uh, Alvin Kamara came out of Tennessee playing behind Jalen Hurd, who we just talked about, um, you know, Jalen Hurd was good enough to keep Alvin Kamara on the bench at Tennessee. And uh, and I think that Josh being the backup behind Damian Harris is, is going to benefit him. And they're going to they're going to get a lot of good football out of him in Oakland. Well, another guy,
0: because the Raiders had, it felt like 25 picks in the first round, their third first round pick, <laughs> Jonathan Abram, uh, you're to live in SEC country. I didn't know that much about him. Uh, and then I know DJ had texted me there was this famous hit of him in a spring game where he killed one of his teammates, and it ended the game. And Mayock and Gruden just raved about this guy's toughness. Talk to me about Jonathan Abram.
2: Yeah, I, I texted Mike after the first day. I told him he got the two biggest tone setters in the draft, on each side of the ball, Josh Jacobs and John Abram. He's uh, he's really fun to watch, guys. I mean, when you watch the tape, I mean, he's one of those guys you can just sit and watch all day long if you had the time to do it he's uh he goes 100 miles an hour you know he runs he hits I mean those are the the run and hit guys are hard to find nowadays it sounds crazy but it's really it's hard to find reckless guys who just fly around and want to knock people out and he he just plays that way and you, you you know I heard a lot of stutter I saw a lot of stuff on social media during the you know during the lead up to the senior bowl and after the senior bowl that you know he's too reckless he misses tackles in space but To me, it's a lot easier to, to, you know, dial a guy back than it is to get that in him. So, um, you know, John was the guy, he came to the senior bowl, and he was the only guy that we flagged medically. He had a left shoulder injury when he got here. I was hoping, and I knew about it. His agent told me about it. I just wanted to see if we could get him down here and get him through some practice because, you know, he's he's just such a fun guy. And then when we flagged him, both the staff, uh, you know, John Lynch and and Mike Mack both came to me on their coach's behalf and said, you know, whatever you can do to keep this guy Mobile for the week, we'd love to see, you know, love to spend time around him. And, uh, and John didn't want to go anywhere. You know, he, he didn't want to go back to training. He wanted to stay around, be around it, sit through meetings, be a leader. And uh, so he really, he's really a, a passionate football guy. And, and those, those guys are getting harder and harder to find. So, um, for them to get him at the, in the end of the first round, I thought was a, was great value. And, uh, you know, I, I've shared this story a couple of times. I don't know if you've heard me say it, but you know, John was the guy that when I told you, I'll shoot the pictures of our board to Mayock early, early in the year, I had a couple other seniors above John Abram. And he, he made a one time. He's like, you know, wait a minute. What are, what are those guys doing that put them above John Abram? So I kind of, I had a feeling Mike liked him from the get go early in <laughs> the fall. So he's uh Really a fun guy to watch play
0: football. Well, I guess my question about him, and you you know this player well, if he's, let's say, best-case scenario, he becomes a version of kind of like what Cam Chancellor was for you guys in Seattle. Obviously, Cam, his style, he was so physical. So many of those hits, and the most famous one that still resonates up here in the Bay is when he almost ended Vernon's career. Somehow Vernon has come back the last couple of years, but it felt like it yeah, ended right there.
2: We used to say in Seattle that he knocked the soul out of them. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, because he did. But he would—he knocked the soul out of everyone. And obviously you can adapt a little bit, but that style, I mean, you the last couple of years, it's so hard to play like that. If that's your best attribute, like Cam, is it fair to say, would have to adapt a little bit in 2019? Because that hit is drawn 17 flags, you know? That, that, there's no way that doesn't get flagged. And I don't even agree with it, but can Jonathan Abrams' number one attribute of just, crushing skulls, does that still play in today's NFL?
2: Yeah, you know, you make, you make a good point. I think one thing Cam and all those guys in Seattle did a really nice job over the years was really adjusting to that um, and, and leading with the shoulder. Over the last couple of years, you know, last couple of years Cam played, he really did a nice job of, of adjusting his game, and he wasn't flagged at all. I mean, barely at all. So I think it can be done. I think that it takes buy-in from the players, so I think John's going to have to realize that he can't, you know, continue to just be a, a heat-seeking missile all the time. But uh, I, I will say on the flip side that I think it's easy to, to pigeonhole John as a, because I mean, listen to me, I just went off for five minutes about you know, the, you know what he was as a as a run and hit guy and a headhunter. But I think the undervalued part of his game is his coverage ability. He, uh, you know, they manned him up in the slot, in the egg bowl against against Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, he's running stride for stride with slot receivers down the field, finding the football, making plays on the ball. I think, he, I think he's a better coverage player than, than he's been given credit for through the process. So I just don't want Raiders fans to think they've got this guy that's just running alleys and, you know, knocking people out. And that's all he can do, because I do think that he's got um, I think he's got good value in coverage as well.